Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cinema Soft Underbelly. I'm your host, Eugene Weaver, and if you're listening, then you probably have figured out by now that this show is, for the most part, all about horror movies, science fiction, fantasy, gems in the rough, little seen movies, and movies that should be seen by you. Uh, And today, I'm going to finally continue on with my top 100 in the hopes that I can actually plow through this and wrap it up today. There is very little chance of that happening, but I'm going to really try because I would really like to get back to uh, reviewing more exploitation-y, horror, grindhouse-type stuff that I'm not able to get to on the other show. I'm on Movie Freaks. Make sure that you find Movie Freaks on Facebook and Twitter and uh, iTunes, FeedBurner, all that good stuff. We're out there. And so is uh, Cinema Soft, uh, Soft Underbelly. So, okay. We're going to get rolling here. Um, So I think the last time I left off, um, I believe I left off at, um, I think, the Evil Dead uh, remake, 34. And again, if if I'm off on this, then oh well. Um, I'm going to just plow through this in in the hopes that I didn't skip over anything. But uh, Evil Dead remake, I am a uh, strong supporter of this movie. In fact, I have done everything I can to try and track down that uh, Channel 4 uh, release that was shown one time over in the UK on uh, in, on an HD cable channel that had about four minutes of extra footage on the movie and uh, some more gore and just a couple more character beats. And I really, really, really want to watch it. And the only version I've seen, I've been able to find is a really low res, uh, really bad quality rip, and I'm I'm sure that there's a reason why this movie has not been released unrated yet, and I'm sure that uh, Sony is waiting for the right time. But come on, I mean, really, it's it's time, uh, especially with Ash versus Evil Dead season one done. Maybe uh, maybe release a an unrated version of this to coincide with the release of that. I don't know, just a suggestion. Um, okay, next up is 33, Back to the Future. This is the Zemeckis classic from 1984. Not a whole lot to say about that. If you haven't seen it, shame on you. 32 is Wet Hot American Summer. Uh, this is quite possibly, I'm just looking over the rest of my list. Yeah, this is uh, my favorite comedy of all time. And um, I would I would go into a little bit more depth about... Um, uh, my love for this movie and people that don't get it, sorry, you're wrong because it's hilarious and you have to be at a certain level to understand the humor, I think. And if you don't, then shame on you. You're missing out on the funniest movie I've ever seen. 31, Return of the Living Dead. This is Dan O'Bannon's classic 1985 zombie movie. Uh, I would dare say this is, um, other than, again, looking through the rest of my list here, probably my second favorite zombie movie of all time. It is. So, there you go. Uh, it's great. Uh, everything about Return of the Living Dead, from the punk rock soundtrack to the uh, gore to the, uh, the comic beats in it, it's perfect. Great movie. 
Thirty is Bad Lieutenant, not the Nicolas Cage uh, travesty, and I hate that movie. I know that that's one of the very few Nick Cage movies in recent memory that's actually gotten some good reviews. I thought it was terrible. Uh, this is the Harvey Keitel, Abel Ferreira, Bad Lieutenant, and it is fantastic. Uh, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's harsh, harsh, harsh movie, but uh, it's all about uh, redemption. You know, that's all you need to know going in. But just if you watch the movie, uh, go in with a strong stomach and be prepared for some pretty vile things because it's rough stuff. 29, Dario Argento's Tenebre. Uh, this is uh, my favorite. Again, I'm just looking over the rest of my list. And uh, this is my favorite Jalo movie is uh, Tenebre. Uh, it's, uh, it takes everything that made... Uh, Dario Argento's Deep Red, so good, and ups everything, in my in my opinion. Um, I love the twisty, turny plot, and the uh, the red herrings, and the ending is so great, um, and it's just brutally gory. And, of course, your fearless host loves that. Uh, Killer Score by Goblin, check it out. Great movie. Uh, and also, I would recommend, if you, uh, if you can... Import the movie from the UK. Arrow has done a stellar job in remastering it, and it looks uh, fantastic. And supposedly, I believe, I believe that um, it's going to be released here in the states, but who knows when? So don't don't hesitate. Import the movie. It's fantastic. Twenty eight Night of the Living Dead. George Romero, the original classic from nineteen sixty eight. The black and white makes the movie, in my opinion. The, well, not just that, but the the low-rent, cheap feel makes the movie. The acting makes the movie. The sparse but effective gore effects make the movie. Everything about this is a lightning-in-the-bottle horror movie that, uh, quite honestly, shouldn't have worked but does uh, perfectly. It's still scary. In fact, the older that movie gets, the more scary it gets to me just because of... Um, how it feels like an antique, almost, if that makes sense. But the black and white photography, the full frame, everything about that movie is just uncomfortable. And uh, the score is, ugh, something about Night of the Living Dead, um, so good. Here, I just got done saying uh, Return of the Living Dead was my second favorite zombie movie, but uh, there's there's Night of the Living Dead, so I was wrong. Um as far as enjoyment level goes, though, Return of the Living Dead trumps Night of the Living Dead easily. Uh, Night of the Living Dead isn't really a fun watch. It's uh, it's just more of a piece of American history at this point, and uh, I highly recommend you check it out. Great movie. Uh, 27 is Disney's The Black Hole, and this would be Disney's answer to Star Wars from back in 1970. I believe this was 1978, uh, or maybe 79 at the latest, but there was a, a slew of Star Wars imitators that came out after the wake of Star Wars. Uh, Roger Corman did a bunch of them, and uh, uh, obviously Star Trek, which I'll get into that later. Uh, but here we have The Black Hole. And if you haven't seen that, I highly recommend you uh, check it out on... Uh, you can uh, you can buy it or rent it on in HD on Vudu, and I believe Amazon has it as well. Um, this movie is so beautiful that I I strongly suggest avoiding the DVD. I'm not sure what the deal is with Disney keeping this thing in the vaults and not releasing it on uh, Blu-ray, but 
do yourselves a favor, rent or buy the uh, HD digital version of it online. It's well worth the $15 I paid for it. I've watched it several times already and it looks fantastic and it's um it, it they take certain things from Star Wars but they also try to tap into a little bit of the uh, 2001 a Space Odyssey. Uh you just have to see it. It's so good and the effects, the practical effects while dated I think are marvelous and such a huge achievement uh as well as the score the acting everything about that movie is cool they uh they a little bit of a misfire with that movie is the robot sidekick they they have a r2d2 type sidekick that they're almost trying to they almost tried to meld c3po and r2d2 into one robot and it doesn't work that's my only big negative on the movie otherwise it's great um in fact uh event horizon Paul Anderson's uh, movie from the from the uh, I think 1997 uh, I think gets a lot of uh, beats from this movie. So anyway, 26 Dario Argento's Suspiria, uh, the best movie you'll ever watch about witches. It's so so good, and this is another movie that has yet to see a release in the states. Do not hesitate. Import it if you can. There's an Italian release, a UK release, I believe, and I imported it, and it looks fantastic, and I love the movie. I've seen it numerous times on Blu-ray and even more times on, e- on uh, DVD. It is a classic, classic Italian horror movie with a killer score. Check it out. 25, Cannibal Virox. Umberto Lenzi's uh, grindhouse gore spectacle from the early 80s, and this is what was typically shown on 42nd Street in New York City and movies like this. And I love this movie. Uh, It is made from a time long since, long since past. You don't see movies like this anymore. And if you want proof of that, check out Eli Ross' Green Inferno, which I did enjoy, uh, but uh, it very much pays homage to this and Cannibal Holocaust. Uh, Not as good, but it, it tries. But Cannibal Ferox is it's mean-spirited, it's racist, it's gory, it's everything um, everything about that time that was just almost out of control is in this movie and it's so good. Great score uh, and if you know that if you if you know the shooting conditions that they were in, it makes it even better because it was just crazy. Uh, check it out. Uh, actually Grindhouse did a fantastic job remastering that and releasing it on Blu-ray, as well as all sorts of special features on it. It's fantastic. 24 is Cannibal Holocaust, the granddaddy of all cannibal movies. And this is Ruggiero Diodato's masterpiece of found footage from way before Blair Witch Project was Cannibal Holocaust. This movie is as vile as you can possibly get. It still holds up to this day. It's still disturbing and gory and mean-spirited, just like Cannibal Ferox, although Holocaust is, in my opinion, a better-made movie and more realistic, and it's even rougher somehow than Ferox. Um, Be warned, though, these two movies are rough stuff. Uh, Okay, 23, House of the Devil, Ty West's uh, The Best 1980 Movie, that you've uh, ever seen that was made in 2008 or 9, I believe, if not even later. Uh, this movie is so good. It's 
you have to see it to believe it. Just how how perfectly this movie feels like it could fit in 1980. Um, right down to the film stock, uh, the acting, the clothes, the storyline. Um, there is nothing in this movie that would make me believe that it was shot any any time but uh, but 1980. And so many movies, in fact, a couple other ones that are on my list, try to do that. This one here nails it. This one here is a 1980 movie that was made recently. And uh, the less you know about it, the better. Although I will say House of the Devil is uh, a pretty rough title for a movie that is all about atmosphere and uh, not as much horror. But let me tell you, when the horror does happen in the movie, uh, it's great. The payoff is so good. I can't I, – I get – so excited every time I'm ready to watch this one because it's so good. Check it out. 22, Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses. And this is another one that really is trying, in my opinion, trying to uh, harken back to the uh, to the grindhouse days of past. Um, although this one has almost an MTV, an 80s MTV sheen over it. So it's very bright, neon uh, vibrant colors, almost almost like uh, an older Dario Argento movie, even. Uh, but um, I revisit this movie at least once a year. If you want to see a horror movie, in the truest sense of the word, House of a Thousand Corpses is that. Uh, if you don't like Rob, Rob Zombie, I'm sorry, you're wrong. I think he's great. I liked every single movie he's done. I've come around on Halloween 2 as being one of his best movies that he's ever done, actually. The R-rated theatrical cut only, uh, but I think the guy uh, not only is a great musician, but he is a great horror director, uh, and I hope that he doesn't stray from that genre, because so far I've liked everything he's done, and House of a Thousand Corpses, his first movie, is his best. 21, Wes Craven's A Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, come on, if you haven't seen this movie from 1984 with Johnny Depp and uh, Heather Langenkamp and uh, Robert Englund, it's, it's, it is a nightmare on film. And, um, there's so many stories about the movie and how it was made and why it was made. And, uh, this was back when Freddie was still scary and he truly was a menacing nightmarish creation. Watch this movie. It's great. 20 stand by me is the ultimate coming of age movie. Uh, four young boys go on a mission to find a dead body, uh, in the woods, on a railroad track. This is, to me, what cemented uh, Kiefer Sutherland as a star. He is a despicable slime bag in it, and he is so perfectly cast. But everything about this movie, they pack more into 90 minutes in this movie than most two-and-a-half-hour movies. There's so much emotion, so much story, so much great acting, set pieces, everything. There, there's never a dull moment in this movie, and all it is is really just a group of boys walking and talking. But it's... It's perfect. Perfect movie. 19, Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, the best of the Indiana Jones movies. Um, because this one is a little bit more horror-tinged, and it is my first Indiana Jones movie that I saw in the theater, and the movie that created PG-13, along with Gremlins. And um, if the heart-ripping scene doesn't get you, it's still effective, especially considering when this came out and the rating it got, it's good stuff. Great movie. 18, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Um, the One of the best alien movies ever. And for a movie that's made back in the uh, 
late 70s. The special effects hold up so astoundingly well you'd think that the movie is made uh, recently. And I'm being serious about that. The uh, the practical effects are mind-blowing. I believe... I, I don't want to... Just looking here. Yeah, this is my favorite... Um, this is my favorite Steven Spielberg movie. So there you go. Because I'm getting down to the nitty-gritty here on my list. But uh, Close Encounters is my favorite Steven Spielberg movie. And um, yeah, it's great. Make sure that you get the Blu-ray and watch the most recent cut of the movie. They've taken bits out of the extended version and the, I guess the director's cut or something like that and, and the theatrical and they've made one final cut and uh, I have seen them all and I, I do agree that this is the best one. Although I will say uh, it is cool to every now and then check out the extended version that came out in theaters in 1980 that they tack on uh, a really, really well shot uh, end scene of Inside the Mothership. There's some fantastic special effects in there. It doesn't really fit the movie per se, but watching it um, on its own as a special deleted scene, in my opinion, I guess, it's really, really cool, and it looks great, and I guess they sunk a lot of money into that, too, just to really, uh, you know, to, to get people to come back to the theater to watch, you know, see inside the mothership, so it's cool, but Close, Encounter, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, it's so good. The score, the John Williams, the directing, this is when Spielberg was really hitting his stride. I know that uh, a lot of people think that Jaws is his best movie. I I like Jaws a lot. Um, and maybe it's because Jaws has been done to death uh, in other movies. But there is only one Close Encounters of the Third Kind. There really is. Uh, okay, number 17, John Carpenter's The Fog. Um, you know, and this might be one where uh, when I was growing up, I watched this at a very young age, as well as the movie right after this. And it just creeped me out back then, the atmosphere and the score that Carpenter came up with, and his scores are so good. Um, something about the, the story of the, the, the leper pirates, or not really pirates, but the lepers that come back to reclaim their gold in this small town. Uh, uh, Adrian Barbeau is in it. it. Everything about this movie is just so cool. And it could have had a little bit more uh, practical effect gore in it, but... As it is, it is a great gothic supernatural thriller. Um, so check it out. It's so, 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 so good. 16, John Carpenter's The Thing. And um, this is, well, again, going through my list here. This is my favorite alien movie of all time. Um, you got to see it. It's so good. Uh, the score. The atmosphere, Kurt Russell, the, actually the entire cast, the fact that this movie, uh, Rob Bottin's special effects, the fact that this movie did not do good when it came out and then has since found an audience and then some. And this is a classic movie in every sense of the word. 1982, special effects still hold up. The acting is fantastic. Uh, this is another one, in my opinion, that could be made now and it would still be a great movie. It does not feel dated to me. Um, it could just read, you know, a recently made movie that's set in 1982 and it would be perfect. Um, this is what you can do with great practical effects, practical effects artists. Unfortunately, uh, the reboot, remake, prequel, whatever, while I do enjoy to a certain extent, um, the, the filmmakers, I don't want to say the filmmakers, but the uh, studio botched it by ditching a lot of this practical effects and putting in uh, silly CGI when they said they were not going to. That's sad. Uh, still a worthy movie, you know, 
good enough movie to check out, but keep your expectations low on the remake, whatever. 15, Stanley Kubrick's Full Metal Jacket, the best war movie ever made. Uh, this movie will get under your skin, not just the first half with boot camp, uh, but the second half where we actually get into the Tet Offense and um, what the soldiers have gone through, not with just basic training, but just what the war has done to these to these guys. Um, it is so good and harsh, mean. Uh, it's, it's a great movie. 14 is Top Gun. And I know Top Gun is in front of Full Metal Jacket, but you know what? I grew up with Top Gun. That is a part of my childhood. I still think it is a great movie for a rah-rah pro-America, whatever, which, you know, I've cooled the jets on Merca, but Top Gun itself as a slice of 80s is, it's great. I think it's, uh, it's got great action, a great 80s soundtrack, um, just a fun movie. I really like it. And uh, the volleyball scene, yeah, just, that's all I'll say. There's a volleyball scene. 13, The Empire Strikes Back, the best Star Wars movie ever made, in my opinion. And I've just got done watching uh, Force Awakens, which I already talked about on this show. Worthy, worthy uh, addition to the Star Wars canon, although Empire Strikes Back still gets top spot for me for obvious reasons. It is uh, the darkest one of the bunch, uh, and I think the best acted has the best story, some of the best effects. Uh, watch this movie and then watch the prequels and just see how botched those things are compared to what these classic movies are from the early 80s. So good. Number 12 is Friday the 13th, and this is the original. And if you watch this movie again, watch it with the mindset of uh, almost, I don't want to say found footage, but almost a found footage movie. Uh, Something about this movie is just out of control, and I love that. I love the fact that it's a slasher movie, but it is like Halloween on steroids. It's so uh, effective, and the score uh, is effective, and the acting works. You like these characters. You genuinely like these characters. These are not obnoxious teens that are getting hacked to bits one by one. I really like the people in this movie, and I, you, a lot of them you don't want to see killed. Uh, this is what made Kevin Bacon a star. It's Friday the 13th. Um, but the ending is still effective. Tom Savini's special effects are great and still effective. Um, I believe the, the composer is, I think it's, uh, Harry Manfredini. I think that's how you, but he has a certain style of, of score. He scored the ho uh, house as well. Uh, and, and something about, his scores, I love. I love how they sound. I think he also did, uh, uh, oh, there was one with a killer um, joke, a guy in a, in a Joker mask um, that was really good. Uh, anyway, yeah. Um, so, uh, getting on with this, uh, number 11 as The Exorcist. William Friedkin's classic from the early 70s, 1972. Uh, this is... I, mean, I keep on saying effective, but that's what these movies are, and that's why they are on my top 100 is because they are so effective in what they do and the rewatchability and how uh, I've grown up watching these movies. And this is still, to this day, one of the strongest um, movies as far as affecting an audience that I've ever seen. Um, the, the, the foul language, uh, it, this is probably the movie that features the most 
offensive foul language I've ever seen. Um, yeah, everybody knows about The Exorcist. Even if you aren't a fan, you know what The Exorcist is. Number 10, now I'm in the top 10. Uh, and I'm going to fly through this because I truly am going to wrap up my top 100. Um, and if you want more, if you want a little bit more synopsis and whatnot on, on my top 100, please make sure you tune in to Movie Freaks because we talk about all those movies over there. Number 10 is Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, the best Halloween movie of the bunch. It is the one that does not have Michael Myers, and it is the one that most feels like a movie that is set around Halloween. And the the storyline itself is classic witches and goblins, and oh, the plot is so good in that. So, so good. Check it out. Number nine, Shoah, the ultimate documentary, nine hours of, um, of the Holocaust. And um, if you haven't seen this movie, uh, Criterion Collection has released this on Blu-ray. It is worth every dollar, and it's not cheap, but it is worth every dollar you will spend on it. It will change your life because it, it did mine. Um, it it puts so many things in perspective on how I live my life, seeing <clears throat> seeing what a human being is capable of doing. Watch this movie; it is so good. And this movie came out in the '80s, and I this is the be all end all of the Holocaust. This there is nothing else that could come out at this point that could touch this movie. Okay, number eight, Lucio Fulci's The Beyond. And number seven is Lucio Fulci's Zombie. Both of these are uh, are very similar in style, and they are Lucio Fulci's best movies. Beyond and Zombie, you're literally splitting hairs on which one is better. I think I prefer Zombie just a bit more because of the island setting. Um, but the scores, the with The Beyond, I will say this, it's the, nightmares, the nightmarish not quite sure what's going on in the movie logic to it makes it so good and effective. Um, but zombie for me, the splinter in the eyeball is so great and the practical effects are so good. The score, um, it's just the slow burn, uh, setup, Italian y feel. Uh, it's great. It's a great movie. Both of them are. Beyond and Zombie, and they both have stellar releases from Arrow, from Blue Underground, and the Beyond from Grindhouse. Fantastic. Check it out. Check them both out. Number six is the original, Sam Raimi, Evil Dead. And uh, it this one here has been dated. The special effects are dated. The, everything about the movie is dated, but I grew up uh, through my high school years and 20s watching this over and over and over and over and over and over uh, to the point where I can pick out all the flaws in the movie, but it's, it's so good and it, it created its own little genre of film. Um, and it is still fun to watch and especially, and, and so is the sequel. Actually, so is uh, army of darkness as well, the third one, but that's a great trilogy. Uh, and, and it's nice that the remake was able to capture a lot of that magic in a new way uh, and, and be so graphic and gory, but with a modern technology. But I will say that the original Evil Dead is classic cinema. Number five is The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I've talked about this movie over and over and over again. Um, a nightmare on film. It's 85 minutes worth of nightmare. Check it out. Number four, Silent Night, Deadly Night, the best slasher movie ever made, set in 1984. And I've watched this movie uh, more than probably any other movie in my life. Um, every year at Christmas, I watch Silent Night, Deadly Night. 
It, it takes everything about a slasher movie and does it perfectly to me. And yeah, it's great. Number three, Star Trek, the motion picture. And this is Star Trek by way of 2001, a space odyssey, basically. And it works. It works beautifully. It is a long movie, but it is uh, a great movie about space exploration. And the cast has never been better than in this movie. And uh, it's fantastic. I love Star Trek, the motion picture. Number two, 2001, a space odyssey. This is Stanley Kubrick's. Uh, perfect science fiction movie. And this one here and my number one movie are, it literally is splitting hairs as to which one is the best. Um, but uh, it, 2001 A Space Odyssey is life-changing. It truly is. Number one is The Shining. Um, come on. If you haven't seen The Shining, what's wrong with you? It is a horror masterpiece. And it's not just a horror masterpiece. It is a masterpiece of cinema. Uh, and again, 2001 A Space Odyssey and The Shining they're, to me, on the same level. Like, I would give them the exact same score. So, two and one are interchangeable almost. Like, I'll watch 2001 and I'll be like, no, that's my favorite movie. Then I'll watch The Shining. No, The Shining is. They're both right there. And they're both so, 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 so good. And I've actually got through my top 100 finally. Now I can get on to more soft underbelly stuff at long last. If you do want more info on any of these movies, though, though, like I said, check out Movie Freaks. We spent a long time going through these a lot more in depth than I did here, but I just wanted to, on on my own show, just race through these and uh, get them get them out there for you, my uh, faithful listeners. So thank you very much. Uh, okay, that's going to do it for my show today. Thanks for listening. You can get a hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com with any questions, comments, concerns, movies I should watch, movies I should avoid, blah, 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 blah. Make sure that you tune in to Cinema Sidekicks, our friends over on iTunes as well. And, of course, Movie Freaks. Find us uh, all over the interweb. We're going to be doing a lot more stuff here soon, hopefully with website stuff and uh, more of an online presence. <clears throat> going to be doing some giveaways. So we're actually going to be also getting some uh, some guests on our show, if at all possible, some celebs, so uh, as well as some sponsors. All that good stuff is headed your way in 2016 from the Movie Freaks. So that's going to do it for my show today. Thanks, as always, for listening. And until next time, I'm Eugene Weaver. Mm-hmm.